Hi, Ma Black. I am recording here on location at Adelina uh, in the Gold Coast neighborhood of Chicago. I am here with Peter Lopez, assistant general manager of the restaurant, and Miles Muslin, partner at the restaurant. How are both of you doing today? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for making time. I had dinner here the other night about a week ago, and it was just such an incredible experience that I thought I need to talk to the people who are making this happen because really I'm not getting paid to say this or anything. You guys are not a sponsor of the podcast, but it was a hell of a dinner. Thank you so much. What, uh, what was some of the highlights? You know, we were talking about the pesto dish before uh, before the mics were on, and it's, it's an unconventional pesto dish, and anyone who comes in, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, definitely. It's a, a nice little riff on a pesto. You know, normally you get sometimes it's kind of brownish color it's very the same type of it's like pesto you can get anywhere kind of sludgy yeah sludgy exactly and then here we want to brighten it up and kind of almost in a way quote-unquote deconstruct the pesto and put everything but the basil in it and make like a pine nut butter and toss it in there and then garnish it with three types of basil and there's it's you know there's no green in the in the pesto so that's the best part and you mix it table side and you just get this huge aroma of all these like great uh basil flavors yeah and it's it, it's incredible yeah it was really really good that and the burrata so you know i wanted to talk a little bit about just kind of how the restaurant came to be like you opened the doors in june here at adelina uh how long has the concept been in the works so the concept originally probably started last august so uh this is miles uh, phil and i you know had met we had done some real estate deals together previously and phil had called me and said that the um formerly location of nine walton had come available let's go look at it he had a you know call in this location we went down here i flew down from the suburbs within 20 minutes we knew instantly this has a great opportunity to be something special and phil has always wanted to do like a forward-thinking italian restaurant in the Gold Coast, and that's always been his his dream. And this is he's been restaurant 20 years industry, and we came down here. And we knew this was the right location with the right design team, put something in motion, and then ultimately build out the best management, sous chefs, chefs, pastry have the best program available. And so probably about August, so it's been almost a year, and we were opening, you know, pre-pandemic, ideally. So or you know after the pandemic was how it hit, and it's been it's been great ever since. So it's almost a year. And it works. And and so I'm really interested in kind of like the, I guess, the mechanics leading up to the now. Because right now, I think people are a lot more at ease and relaxed. We're recording this in July 2021. But five months ago, seven months ago, nine months ago, that was not the case. So what was the feeling like, you know, putting together a very ambitious dining concept at a time where, at least when you're in the planning stages, you know, it's like if, you, if someone sneezes and in the line next to you at Trader Joe's, you're kind of like, am I going to be here next week? Yeah, I will think, you know, just in seeing people's reaction to us being open is, is great. I mean, you can stop by a table, you do a table touch, and they're like, oh my goodness, this is great to see people dressed up, out and about, seeing the customers happy, smiling, laughing, families reuniting, anniversaries, birthdays, things that we took for granted, you know, a year ago. And we're like, are we ever going to do this again? And so it's just, it's excitement and you, you feel the buzz. You know, you're in the dining room, it's you know, nine o'clock on a Friday or Saturday or even a Tuesday night and you see everyone's just happy to be rejoicing and just be down and for some great food and great laughs and everyone's smiling and happy. You can't take this for granted. Why was now, you know, because again, like four months ago, we might not have really had a full idea of like when people really were going to be comfortable to come out again, but like why was now the time to open a concept like this, especially like in a space like this is not anyone who stops by knows what I'm talking about. This was not a small swing. This is a very big, grand gesture, very ambitious. So I don't know. Was there any 
nervousness six months ago or, or what was the mood like as you know as we weren't yet quite so certain about things I think it was uh, kind of scary honestly to open up at a time right when they when Phil one of the other partners came to me and said he's gonna open a restaurant in the spring of next year this is when he had a conversation over the summer last year and it was honestly scary to think that you're gonna open a, a new restaurant in the middle of a pandemic still not knowing what the you know, restrictions are going to be, will they ease up, will they not, will there'll be a second surge in cases of, you know, a spike, especially in Chicago being, still being in the springtime where we're still getting, like, cold. It was difficult, especially also staffing, you know, the hospitality industry as a whole is struggling with a nationwide uh, staffing shortage. Uh, but I think Phil had the optimism of thinking that this will get better, and same with, you know, Miles and John and Matt, our other partners, and I think we just kept a positive mentality towards it, and we got very lucky. You know, we anticipated to open, I think, was mid, mid-May, right? And obviously with construction and with COVID, everything, you know, getting, we couldn't get certain items shipped in time. Our chandelier coming from Italy was, took probably how many months? Eight months to get here? Yeah, it's an eight-month process and then 24 hours to install it. So yeah, and that was uh, difficult in itself to get the pieces that we needed to make this restaurant a thing. So uh, ended up getting pushed back, obviously, to end of June, but I think it was well worth it, and Phil's optimism and all the partners' optimism really came into effect, and here we are now, very fortunate to open up, and especially right when restrictions, I think June 11th, I think was a day where the city kind of reopened to stage five, or phase five, sorry, so we got very, very lucky. You know, what has the response been like from people who are coming in, because the night that I was here, it was like a Tuesday night, it was not a Friday night, it wasn't a holiday weekend, and the room was full. You know, what kind of response are people giving you when they're coming in? I think it's been a great response. People are so excited to be back in restaurants, kind of like Miles said, just to be celebrating occasions, special occasions that they had to push back, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, um, whatever it may be, uh, promotion celebrations for jobs, whatever, um, just to get the chance to go out and see your friends and feel a little bit, quote unquote, more safe is amazing. Seeing people laugh, people having a good time and being able to be on our side to provide that experience and give them a place to celebrate with great food, great service, great you know beverages. Um, that's the best part, and in my opinion, that's what we do. What we do, we like to make experiences for people and to be able to experience or be able to be part of that experience for them. You know, more on like the backside of it. Like we provided you with a great meal and a great service and a great restaurant for you to celebrate your special occasion in. And people have been so happy to come here and have a great time. One of the other things that struck me as I was, of course, doing research for the interview is just the the caliber of talent of everybody involved. And I don't want to just read every single name here because it's a lot of names. But, like, talk about some of the, you know, behind-the-scenes people, like, in the kitchen, you know, in the wine department who are really making the food sing here. You know, we first started out, you know, with executive chef, right? Chef Suan came from Band of Bohemian one of Michelin star there, formerly Grace Allied Diaz. Only, only Michelin star, right, in the country? Brew pub, for the yeah, yeah. for brew pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was excellent. So we, we met with him a few times. It was even a Saturday first meeting with him, and we knew instantly the way he presented himself, you know, ex-PGA tournament golfer, studied at Duke. He just had the mentality. He wanted to take something to the next level restaurant-wise. And um, he did a couple of tastings for us, and just every tasting got better and better. And we are like, listen, what better way to open a restaurant with, you know, Sue on, you know, Chef, you know, Chef Sue. So he came on, and then, you know, Phil's vision was always to have in-house pastry program uh, from the bread, from because he always felt, you know, yes, the beginning is the bread, the end is the dessert, 
conquer those two, and then middle will just, you know, ease itself. And then that's how we got, you know, Chef Nicole, who came from formerly Blackbird and Avec. She's amazing talent. She's won an award. She won a Jan, uh, James Beard Award. Yeah, James Beard Award. And, and so we just have her, and her energy is so positive. She just loves being creative. Every tasting that she, we've done with her was just something next level. If it's taking even a tiramisu and elevating it to something like just wild, and you take a bite of it, you're like, this is amazing. And then in-house gelato, she makes, you know, every week we're having new flavors. And then the wine program, I'll let you know, Peter kind of speak on that, but it's... Yeah, I mean, uh, we have uh, our wine consultant, um, Zach, was from formerly at Gibson's Italia as their wine director, kind of saw the list, but then Alex Thomas came over from, she was over at Spiaggia as the AGM, uh, but her and I worked together actually at RPM Italian back in 2016, so we had some chemistry there, and she was really like you know amazing, and she came in a little bit later in the game, but she helped really get the wine list finalized, and we're currently still building it, but I mean, she's... Great has a lot of experience with wine, especially in Italian Italian wine. So she's been great spearheading that concept and trying to get some more vintage depth to our list. And kind of speaking more, like in our our general manager T, he was from formerly at Gibson's Italia as well. He worked at um, Parliament, worked at Chicago Cut. So he brings a lot of heavy hitting Chicago dining scene to the team, especially his well his depth of um, connections as far as just any socialites in the city, celebrities, athletes brings a lot of uh, good clientele here. And honestly, one of the backbone of our culinary team is Sam. Sam comes from uh, Monteverde, which obviously is one of the prestigious Italian restaurants in the city, working under Chef Sarah Gwenberg, who I actually got to work under when I worked at Spiaggia back in 2013. Uh, she's incredible, incredible chef. And Sam essentially ran their pasta program and learned a lot under her and kind of really made our pasta program it is what it is today. You know, from extruding all of our pasta in-house, every single item he's hand-making and constantly tweaking recipes. Um, and he's what makes our amazing pasta dishes. And I think we would, I mean, Sue's great, our other chef team, you know, Chef Ben, uh, coming from Tortello and Wicker Park, I believe, and also did some work at Del Posto. And Ara's coming from, he worked at Joe's Imports, Devonti worked with Scott Harris a lot. They're all great and amazing, but Chef Sam, I think, honestly, is the backbone of our culinary team. Other managers, uh, Carissa comes from Gibson's Italia. I worked at RL and f- had a good relationship with Phil for a long time. And Alexa coming from Miami, uh, working at a hotel restaurant down there. So our team is very a mixture of different backgrounds, which is great. And we all bring a whole a different aspect of hospitality to our team. And I think that's what makes us mesh really, really well. Well, and it sounds to me like, I mean, there's just like an incredible wealth of experience, clearly, that is on display here, you know, and there, I, I would think there has to be because something like this, it doesn't really run properly unless you bring in people who really know what they're doing, right? 100%. 100%. I'll say great leaders. I mean, it's uh, everyone's always pushing for just to become the next, you know, if it's Mission Star or James Beer, just, you know, we're never settling. So it's every day, it's something, something special. Let's talk a little bit about the menu too, because the menu obviously is so, it's, it's not just your traditional you know, I don't want to like insult. It's not like Olive Garden pasta, which obviously I mean is a compliment, but it's not just the traditional red and and white sauce that people might think of at the here Italian restaurant. It's a very ambitious experimental menu. Like talk a little bit about taking some chances with some of the dishes. I mean, Chef Sue always talks about, you know, a lot of his interviews he's done for the uh, the concept has, he's not going to try to beat your grandmother's cooking. You know, he's not going to be your grandma's Sunday gravy. She makes that cooks for 10 hours on the stove but we're not going to give you that 
really creamy and disgusting uh, <laughs> Alfredo sauce you you get from Olive Garden. Sure. It's like super thick, you know. Um, he likes to let the pasta shine and the ingredients really shine. It's in the pasta. Um, for instance, our Mezze rigatoni dish. It's uh, or what we call like the little maki, which will change the pasta shape when that comes. It's got crab and lobster in it, and it's got this like spicy pomodoro sauce. But our pomodoro comes from these great tomatoes we get canned from Italy, and we just let the ingredients do the talking and don't really want to shadow our ama- amazing ingredients with rich sauces like cream based or you know tomato cream sauces. We want just a little bit more lighter style sauces and let the pasta do the work like the corn ravioli too um that just gets a, a pasta sauce called like a uh, bermonte which is just uh water essentially pasta water and butter yeah. that gets infused together and emulsified and we have corn a little bit of ricotta and truffle oil and then we get a little bit of shaved summer truffles on top so let the truffles do the talking the corn that we get locally from uh, here in illinois uh and not a rich like creamy white sauce that would kind of overpower the dish itself. Something else that I think is worth kind of talking about for a moment is that obviously we're on the other, largely on the other side of the pandemic. And I think a lot of businesses are reevaluating their business model, not just in the restaurant space, but just really across the country. You know, what should restaurant operators be doing differently now that maybe wasn't being done right or was, you know, people were just taking for granted, like that's how it is, you know, before the pandemic? I'd say hospitality, you know, hospitality 101. It's just really, if someone's coming to the restaurant to enjoy evening, if it's drinks, if it's food, if it's a mixture of all the above, really going above and beyond to make sure that their experience is top notch. You know, no one's leaving unhappy, no one's leaving unsatisfied, really making sure that every table, every individual feels special and treated with the way they should be in the hospitality realm. And so it's, we've noticed through the, you know, pandemic that you go out to dinner and sometimes, you know, waiters, waitresses, uh, managers would just take for granted and treat, you know, customers as if it's like, oh, you know, no big deal. They'll be back tomorrow. It's not the case. I mean, people are out and you have to really treat them, um, you know, with, with Nick loves and make sure they feel comfortable because people have been dying in a year and a half. So you want to make sure they're getting back into it and they feel like, whoa, I miss that experience. I'm going to come back to Adelina. Um, you know, next month I'm going to book something, you know, there's nothing better than someone leaving the restaurant and you say, how was your thing? It was amazing. I'll be back here soon. And I say, be back tomorrow, maybe two days. So it's something you always want to make sure everyone feels special leaving. And if there's any issues, address them too, not just saying, all right, you know, see you later. Just going through everything. No, and I think a lot of people used uh, like COVID as an excuse to give just like bad service and which was quite unfortunate. You know, like I said, my philosophy in dining is, I will go back to a restaurant if it's got horrible food but great service. You'll always remember the service. Um, the service is the biggest part of the dining. You going out to eat. You know, you're going out to eat. Yes, to go have f- food and have fun with people. But if you have somebody who's taking really good care of you, unfortunately, the food doesn't hit the mark. I'll go back. If you have really great food and horrible service, I'll never go back to your restaurant. It's just you know we are coming into your your essentially your house and I'm paying the food. I'm paying for the service. And if I'm not getting that from the service aspect. I won't go back. And, you know, chefs are the same thing. You know, we had uh, maybe getting too much into detail, but the other night we had a shift and, you know, the front of house, we were a little understaffed that, that night and we kind of had a really rough service front of house wise, but our kitchen team just crushed it. And we had a talk that day. And, you know, I was very upset that our service didn't run very smooth. And he's like, it's, he's like, you're right. He's like, if people, if I'm putting out great food, but we're not giving great service, that's going to miss the mark and people won't come back and I, I said yeah he's like and chef was like what can i do to make the shift better next time this happens and it's just really great to know that we have a chef that really focuses on front of house too because in a lot of hospitality 
and in, in just any hospitality, like restaurant-wise, you uh, the chef team and the front of house team usually don't like they butt heads. And this is a culture that we want to integrate both front of house and back of house. And that's another thing going back of hospitality culture is the second thing that restaurant tours should really work on. We've all been part of environments that have been really, really toxic. And that really makes or breaks a company. And people will leave your restaurant if it's got a really bad culture. And one of our main philosophies at Adelina is family, making sure everyone's taken care of from front of house to back of house, no matter what position you're in. If you're wearing a suit, if you're wearing chef whites, whatever you're wearing, it doesn't matter. We will, you know, we want you to feel like family. And that's one thing that restaurant tours should really focus on is creating that culture of, you know, caring, just being inviting and taking care of your staff. Well, I mean, I think that answers my last question because I was going to ask what you hope, you know, people take away from a meal here. And it really sounds like that that service and experience is right at the top of the list here. Yeah. I mean, Phil, also one of the big aspects of this restaurant that kind of drew me uh, to come over here was tableside service. We want to bring that back to Chicago. Obviously, that was more of an outdated thing or, you know, a very old school French. You know, we have tableside Caesar. We will put on tableside Dover Sole to bone that for you on Carva you know, 50-ounce uh, bistake of Florentine or porterhouse tableside. And we do a tableside kind of gazzaggio, which is Italian for like a small bite. You know, we have a little chip of Parmesan, a piece of focaccia and tomato to kind of as a, a palate cleanser and get your palate ready for an amazing meal. And everything we want to do is tableside, just these nice touches that do something different that a lot of restaurants here in Chicago aren't really doing and bring back a really cool part of dining, which I think is a really cool part. And I've always enjoyed doing the tableside service. I think guests really like that interaction and seeing how Oh, that's how you make a Caesar salad table set. That's really cool. This was great. I really appreciate the time. Peter Lopez, Miles Muslin from Adelina. Thank you both so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you.